It's another beautiful day for baseball in Los Angeles. And baseball podcast. Josh Schaefer and Blake Harris cover everything Dodgers right here on Inside the Ravine. How's it going, everyone? And welcome to a brand new episode of Inside the Ravine. Joining me, as always, for the second to last time, probably this season, my co-host, Josh Schaefer. Josh, whenever we record these episodes, we've been recording them for over a year. Normally, I send you the link, you hop on, we kind of catch up, talk for about three to five minutes just about what's going on and everything. The second you hopped on, I said, screw it, I'm hitting record. I don't want to discuss anything. I want to save it for this episode. If you're listening to this episode, you likely know what just went down. But in case for some reason you're tuning in, you have no idea what's happening. The Dodgers fell to the D-backs 4-2. They trailed the series 2-0. They are one game away from being eliminated by an 84-win team. Josh, I don't even know where we can begin. There are a couple of different ways that we can uh, kick off this episode, but I want to kick it off one place and one place only. It is the reason the Dodgers lost in October last year. We talked about it then. We talked about it during the offseason, and we talked about it all season when you know October was approaching. We said the biggest concern is the Dodgers' ability to hit with runners in scoring position, score runs, and deliver those big hits. For the second consecutive night, that did not happen. And just like a couple of games last year, if the Dodgers just get literally one, maybe two hits with a runner in scoring position, they win this game. But that was not the case tonight. Nope, it was not. I don't know what this team's problem is um, with with trying to get a hit. But You know, forget about getting a hit. Can they make contact with the baseball is what I want. No. To see. No. Like, Kike Hernandez lining out to left in the bottom of the ninth inning had to have been one of the hardest hit balls all uh, game. I, okay. I, you're saying that I was thinking the exact same thing after that out. First, I was like, okay, that was a great play. But I was thinking, is it just me? Or is that like the only time the Dodgers have hit the ball hard all game? Like, you seen it. Like, what? Like, that was it. That was it. I, it, it is, it is unbelievable. I mean, it is unbelievable. I cannot believe what we had seen from this team last year. I did not think it was going to get worse. Blake, I'm not going to lie to you. I have never felt so absolutely gutted and dejected watching this team play than tonight. Yeah, I agree. Not even last year did I feel like this. Like this absolutely disgusted by what we've seen. No heart, no, no effort. That's not fair. No heart, no, no, no energy, um, no consistency, no aggression, nothing. They have, they have absolutely nothing. I mean, the most, the most energy we saw out of anybody all game was Bruzdar when he got pulled from the game, dude. Yeah. He got pulled from the game to booze from the fans and I don't even I don't even hate the move from Dave Roberts. Yeah. I don't even hate it. The fans there hated it because Bruce Dar was pitching well. I don't hate the move. It worked out okay, but you're asking a lot out of Dave in this situation and you're asking a whole hell of a lot out of the bullpen. 
and the bullpen was fantastic. Also, I've got no issues with any of the pitching moves that, that Roberts made tonight. I've got no issues whatsoever. There were a few lineup changes in that sixth inning that I thought were a little bit interesting um, that completely depleted the bench for the final four innings, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, but the pitching was fine. Bruzdar leaves two booze and is trying to get the team in the crowd fired up. And the team's got nothing, dude. They've got absolutely nothing. And I mean, every inning they came up, like you get the leadoff guy on, you think, how are they going to do it this time? And it just, it is the same thing every inning. And they didn't barrel up any balls. Um, they they were swinging at everything. There were multiple instances where the Dodgers, forget about getting a hit with runners in scoring position. They, they didn't have to swing the bat and they could have pushed yeah. across a run. That James Outman at bat in the sixth inning, I tweeted this from our Inside the Ravine account. Also follow at Inside the Ravine on Twitter or X and Instagram and TikTok. Um, but the the fact that James Outman could have gone up there without a bat and could have mm-hmm. pushed across a run, but chose to swing at three pitches in the dirt. He saw seven pitches. Every single one of them was in the dirt. But three of them looked real good, I guess. So yeah. I, the, the fact that the approach, it's not even the fact that they can't get a hit with runners on base or runners in scoring position. It's the fact that the, their, their approach and the discipline is out the window. And it's been that way two years in a row. And I know people are on Twitter and they're saying Cody Bellinger would have hit that. And Corey Seager would have hit that. And it's like, no, I don't, we don't even need to talk about that. It's not that the personnel is wrong. It's that the, the approach is not there. The approach is wrong. And the fact that they cannot get a hit with runners in scoring position. Hell, with runners in scoring position, they can't seem to get another guy on base. Doesn't matter if it's a hit. Doesn't matter if it's a walk or a hit by pitch or an error or whatever. They can't seem to put the ball in play, really. They don't force teams to make plays. How many times tonight did we see the Dodgers with runners on base bounce into a double play where the D-backs... Didn't have to do anything special, anything flashy. Like the D-backs defense tonight was not, you and I could have gone out there and played defense the way the D-backs did. And I'm not trying to take anything away from them, but Dodgers didn't hit the ball. I mean, a handful of infield hits, Freddy's, Kike's, a little Texas leaguer, and then the home run from from J.D. Martinez. Like the Dodgers didn't make anything difficult on the D-backs. You and I could have gone out there and, and turned these double plays tonight. Like it's nothing flashy. It's they're putting the ball in play, but they're hitting a soft little grounder to short. They're hitting a, an easy little grounder to, to Cattell Marte. Like these are like force these guys to make plays. The best defensive play of the game for the D backs was that Cattell Marte diving snag up the middle. That was an infield hit that probably would have scored two runs. If it had gotten, yeah. that was the best play of the game. And it wasn't even an out. Like they did not make anything difficult. And it's they didn't make anything difficult against the Padres last year either. Yeah. I mean, you, you said a lot. Like, there's a lot of different directions we can go. One thing I want to talk about, Josh, real quickly uh, throughout there. So that Kike lineout in the ninth, that was their hardest hit ball of the night. Uh, the Dodgers for the entire game had only five hard hit balls. Just five for the entire game. Kike had two of them. And the dude only played a couple of innings. Kike had two of them. The D-backs, Josh, would you like to take a guess how many hard hit balls the D-backs had compared to the Dodgers? Hmm. Uh, six. They had eight. 
Wow. They, I mean, they were smoking at every bat. So, yeah, that, I just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, I know people, again, talking about the whole Cody Bellinger, Corey Seager thing, with what they would have done. Well, Josh, the two superstars the, the Dodgers do have in Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman are a combined one for 13 this series. And Mookie yeah. Betts, if you want to go back to the 2021 NLCS, I tweeted this out earlier in the game. He's sitting about 130 during that stretch. So it doesn't matter who's getting the jobs. Done. I mean, at this point, Josh, Miguel Rojas had another hit tonight. He had a, he had a hit last or in the last game. Uh, what else we got? I think David, or no, did David Peralta? No, the other night was David Peralta. But tonight, it's pretty much everyone else. I think James Outman had a hit at one point. Um, some of the other guys lowered the lineup. Obviously, Kike Hernandez had the hit up the middle. Those guys in the lineup are getting the job done. It's Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman. I get that Will Smith. Will Smith gets a pass for game one because he was the only offense. But once again, tonight, Will Smith, I mean, what did he go? I'm looking at the box score right now. He went 0 for 4. So between Mookie, Freddie, and Will Smith, you go 0 for 12. That is inexcusable. One, one for six as a team with runners in scoring position, seven left on base. Uh, it, like you said, Josh, it doesn't even matter about the whole getting like hits and everything because they just can't seem – they know how to get the hit. Like Max Muncy had a leadoff single. There was a couple of leadoff hits like that. They just can't do anything past that. They had that one in where they loaded the bases, kind of passed the baton a little. But it just blows my mind that for the second consecutive postseason, this team just becomes incapable of recording one or two hits with runners in scoring position. Again, like I said at the beginning of the show, Josh, we talked about this last uh, playoff series against the Padres. You don't have to go five for eight with runners in scoring position. Instead of going 0 for eight, if the Dodgers went one for eight last year, they win a game or two. Tonight, yeah. again, what was it I said? The Dodgers were one for six. One for six tonight. They were one if, for six on Saturday. If they go two for six tonight, they likely win this game. You're not asking for everyone to put up highlight numbers. One hit. And literally the only hit, Josh, that the Dodgers had with runners in scoring position, I mean, technically it's a hit. It's just, it's the Kike infield single. Yeah. Like, it, yes, it brought in a run. Yes, it was a hit, but it's not like it was a, you know, line drive to the outfield. It's not like it was an extra base hit. So, yeah, Cattel Monte made the play. Insane. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was, again, it was in the infield and, it, it's the it's the craziest thing, Josh, because I tweeted this as well. I don't know how you felt, but tonight felt like the most insurmountable yep. two-run deficit I think I've ever witnessed. I mean, for the most part, I, I know they got it to two, then the D-backs made it a three-run game, and the Dodgers made it a two-run game again. For the most part, it was two runs for a good portion. It just felt like the Dodgers were down six to eight runs. Like yeah. It felt like them scoring two runs was asking for... Like I said, four to six. It, it was incredible how out of this game the Dodgers felt. Yeah, they absolutely did. And and the last thing I'll say with this runners in scoring position trend, obviously last year we talked about how tragically awful they were. Right now they're two for twelve with runners in scoring position in this series. And this is why that this is why these these the simple two run deficit feels so insurmountable because two for twelve with runners in scoring position in the regular season. The Dodgers led baseball in runs scored with runners in scoring position. They were second in hits with runners in scoring position. They were top six, top five in doubles. They were top 10 in home runs. They led baseball in runs batted in with runners in scoring position. They were third in batting average. They were first in on-base percentage. They <laughs> yeah. were fourth in, in, in total bases. Like This is what they did with runners in scoring position 
in the regular season. At OPS, they were fourth. Like, they dominated the league with runners in scoring position in the regular season. Two years in a row, they've done that. And for whatever reason, the playoffs come around and they just can't figure it out. And yeah, that's the thing is, and, and, and you know, granted, I, I think it's worth pointing out, like, you know, we mentioned this last year, like the Dodgers had a couple of games where if you get one hit with a runner in scoring position, you, you win the game against the Padres. Like if the Dodgers had one hit with a runner in scoring position in their three losses last year to the Padres, they likely win the series. Right. And yeah. obviously, you know, no if, ands or buts, if buts or maybes, whatever, like they lost the series, you move on, but they can't, they can't move on because it's the same thing this year, but it's kind of the same thing to last year too. Like the Padres didn't have a great series. They just, <laughs> they, were, they were just the as Do- bad. They were just as bad, except they had the timely hits when the Dodgers didn't. It's yeah. the same thing for the D backs. I mean, uh, they scored 11 runs in game one, but the game was over after the first inning. So after the first yeah. inning, they beat the Dodgers five, two. Sure. They win, they win game one. Either way you take out the first inning tonight. Right. Like, you take out the first inning and the D-backs did not have a very good offensive game. They had the home run from Guriel, but they didn't do much either. The difference for me is that when the D-backs have those runners on base in the first inning, they take advantage of it. In game one, they were swinging at everything. They were swinging at, yeah. they were swinging early in counts. They were making contact because Kershaw was missing with, say, the first pitch. Second pitch, he'd come down the middle. There's a two-run double right there. They, they did not have to work very hard against Kershaw, but they certainly swung the bat. Today, they didn't swing the bat at all. I thought that the first three innings, like the D-backs had barely swung the bat. And that first yeah. inning, again, they take advantage of Bobby Miller struggling to find the strike zone. And when they got to swing the bat, they swing the bat and they bring in runs. And the Dodgers just couldn't do that. And that's the difference. I mean, like I said, first inning of game one, whatever you take it out, the Dodgers still likely lose the game. But the fact of the matter is that in the first inning of game one and the first inning of game two, the D-backs have their timely hits. They hit with runners in scoring position. They advance runners on base. The Dodgers are inept at doing that for whatever reason they can't do it. And it's been two years in a row. I don't understand it, but like that's that's what we've seen is even when your opponent is not sitting there absolutely dominating you, just imposing their will on you, they still excel where the Dodgers have not. And yeah. they don't have to do it time and time again. They only have to do it one or two times. And for the D-backs tonight, they did it once. And it was in the first inning. And they did it multiple times in one inning. And that's why the Dodgers lost the game. Yeah, I mean, at least with game one, like you said, it was over at the end of the first inning. It's just, it happens. You got to move on. Josh, once Bobby Miller left this game, the bullpen over the final seven and one-thirds innings allowed a total of four hits. I mean, the D-backs, they, they had nothing going. They had the home run from Gurriel. They had a couple of hits here and there. Four hits over the final seven and a third. They shut the D-backs offense down. And they still and couldn't do anything. Outs. Yeah. I mean, every single pitcher that threw for the Dodgers out of the bullpen, Bruce Argraderal was incredible. Ryan Brazier was incredible. Joe Kelly was incredible. Evan Phillips, a little shaky there at the end, but he managed to get the job done. I saw something on Twitter, and it pretty much said, you literally had a one-in-a-million performance out of your bullpen out of the way Dave Roberts managed things in this one, and you still blew it. I, I, The only criticism I guess I have is the fact that he pinch hit Colton Wong for Miguel Rojas, but at the end of the day, Miguel Rojas likely wouldn't have gotten a hit at that point. His splits aren't as good against right-handed pitching as they're against left-handed pitching, so again, that one I really don't have that much of an issue with. But everything else, Josh, Dave Roberts did perfectly, as he's done all season. This was a fantastic job by him, and literally... 
his pitching kept him in the game, which again, we haven't even talked about this, Josh, but I think we can transition to this before we wrap things up because this is another reason they lost. And that's Bobby Miller. After what Kershaw did a couple nights ago, you desperately needed someone to step up, eat innings, and be that guy for the Dodgers. It wasn't as bad as Kershaw's outing the other night, but man, was it close because Bobby Miller, he allowed three runs right away in the first inning, and it just hit like that. He doesn't even make it out of the second inning, only goes one and two thirds, and that's the last thing the Dodgers needed. So that's now, Josh, two starts from the Dodgers starting pitchers, and they've only gotten a combined six outs, and they've allowed a combined nine runs between the two of them. So Bobby Miller, he clearly wasn't ready for the moment. He couldn't locate a single pitch that wasn't his fastball. He couldn't throw strikes. And again, again, if the D-backs were either sitting on pitches, taking them for balls, or they were squaring up and making hard contact. And again, it was a deja vu of the other night. Yeah, it certainly was. And uh, you said this, I saw, I saw you put this on Twitter earlier. The bar is so incredibly low for Lance Lynn. <laughs> The bar is so he will be declared the Dodgers postseason ace if he goes three innings. That's all they need is at this point, give him three innings. In reality, just give the team a decent outing. I mean, really, because the bullpen has been so good. They've worked their tails off. They've worked their arms off is what we'll say. They've (laughs) they've worked their arms off to pick up the two starting pitchers. And it's like, it's disappointing, but it's not like, it's it's frustration. It's almost more of annoyance, but it's like we've already we talked about this on our last episode. But again, like expecting Kershaw to get the ball for game four if it gets that far. And it's like, sure, let's just get there. Because at this point, your starting pitching hasn't been good, but the offense has not helped it out. The Dodgers are not going to lose this series because their starting pitchers were bad in the first two games of the series. Maybe that's why they lose game one, but they didn't yeah. have it in game one either. So sure, the three runs in the first inning off of Bobby Miller, he gets the loss. I get it, but it's not like anybody else is there to pick him up offensively. The bullpen has done its job for the most part. They've been worked like nobody expected them to be worked through these first two games. Thank goodness right. for another day off. But you got to hope that, you know, for the Dodgers, they're probably hoping that they can just get something out of Lance Lynn. And yeah. honestly, like, just score first. Just regardless of what Lance Lynn does, just score first because we've seen what's like, it just seems like the team just has the life sucked right out of them after the first inning, these last two games, they've had nothing going on after that. Even after the home run from JD Martinez uh, tonight, they, it seemed like they got nothing. So just score first. It, It is crazy, Josh, because again, if Lance Lynn goes four innings and allows four runs, You'll take that at this point. Yeah. That's how bad it's been. Like I said, the bar's been set so low. If he goes two innings, you're just playing house money at that point, which I can't believe we're at that point. But Josh, I'm yeah. glad you brought up the JD Martinez home run. I was saying this when I was watching the game with my girlfriend. She pointed it out. I think I think at that point it cut the deficit to two runs or something like that. He hits the home run. There was like no energy from anyone. JD Outside did his usual. Yeah, JD did his usual celebration. Nobody was out of the dugout like we've seen in years past. I don't know if you saw it from the D-backs tonight. When Gurriel hit that home run, there was like five guys, six guys out of the dugout. They were going nuts. We talked about this with the Padres series last year about how there's no energy. We thought we were going to get it this year with the team. 
But in this series, Josh, I know there was kind of like that thing the other day when Will Smith hit that triple and they were down by nine. He was kind of doing the, you know, the the Freddie dance. But in the in the in the dugout, it just seems like literally Bruce Dark Gratterall, not only was he the only guy that showed emotion when he came off the field, when they were coming back from commercial in like the seventh or eighth inning, they showed Gratterall, and he's literally facing the crowd in the dugout trying to pump them up. He's the only guy I really saw at any point really getting into it, really showing any passion. And I just don't know how this team could be so lifeless, especially after what happened last year, especially given the circumstances of what has transpired over these first couple of days. So I don't know if by maybe in Arizona, maybe they get an early lead, like you said, they can have some guys get out of the dugout and, you know, pump some guys up. But the team has no energy. There seems to be no passion. Even again, like in that sixth inning, I think when they were having that little rally, there was, I think Miguel Rojas, maybe at one point, he looked like he was pretty pumped up after getting a hit. But these guys that are standing on first base, they're not, you know, like in years past, like how Puig would like try to amp everyone up by saying, let's go there. There's just no passion. There's no energy. I don't understand what's going on. And uh, yeah, I, I tweeted this out as well. The good thing is, Josh, the Dodgers have won three games in a row before this season. It's not like they're down 3-0. They're only down 2-0. The only issue is we got Lancelin going in game three, who is an absolute wild card. If you somehow make it to game four, you got to rely on Clayton Kershaw again. And then if you somehow make it to game five, you got to rely on Bobby Miller again. Oh, and in order to win these games, Josh, uh, the Dodgers had to do something kind of important, and that would be scoring runs, which yep. seems like a tall task. So, uh, you know, Josh, and, 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 and let me say this too, like, like D-backs fans are going to be coming out of the freaking woodworks to get to this they game are. on Wednesday. Like they are. It, you know, I know that we, we we talk about it all the time because they're not just are there a lot of Dodger fans and a lot of L.A. people that live in Phoenix now, but it's also a five and a half hour drive like Dodger fans will go out there on Wednesday. I don't know, man, I don't see yeah. fans driving out there and maybe the, the, the L.A. people that are out there will go to the game. But yeah, this is not just a chance to win a series like this is a chance to beat the team that Diamondbacks fans see as their biggest rival like this place is going to be packed. Everything is going to be against the Dodgers. It's going to be an elimination game and they've got to friggin' bring it, man. And I, you know, there is not really anything encouraging from these first two games other than maybe the bullpen from this game. Yeah. But you got to think like this is one day rest coming in for a lot of these guys. So the bullpen has been worked. So the encouraging signs are really not that encouraging. So a hundred win team is on the brink of getting eliminated and swept in the NLDS by a team that won 84 games this year. So things are looking a little bit bleak, but you know, if you can get through game, if you can get through game three, I think that they're, you know, you know how it's going to go, Blake, they're going to pull us back in and we're going to mm -hmm. be like, they're, they're back and then they're not going to be back. But the optimism will, for me, will return after game three, if they can pull it yeah. out three and we all know the worst the worst part about watching this team every year and watching them do this every year is we all joke like oh here we go again but do we all really think that it's going to go the same way as last year because we see what this team does in the regular season look we we see the runners in scoring position like we expect them to get a hit it's the same way that like by the end of this game tonight Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman come up in what the eighth inning or the seventh inning whatever and Dodger fans I feel like are probably sitting there like great like i don't really have <laughs> faith. but the guys who are calling this game like bob costas is like and now here's the big dogs because somebody who's watching the game from that perspective is like these are the guys who need to get it done 
and who are probably the ones, the highest, like the best candidates to get it done. But that confidence is so low right now for, for Dodger fans. Yeah. I feel like, like once it starts to happen, it just continues to crumble. Josh, I will say this. I had more confidence when Kike Hernandez was at the plate. So did I. When Mookie Betts was up, then when Freddie was up, then when Will Smith was up. I guess, again, J.D. had a good night. I J.D. gets a pass tonight. He was fantastic. But it, it, it's incredible because we're at the point now, yeah, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, they're combined one of 13. Mookie's been awful the last two postseasons. Mm-hmm. Freddie hasn't done anything yet this postseason. It's like they're up there and you're thinking, man, it doesn't feel automatic. It doesn't feel like they're going to do something. So if there is another silver lining, Josh, if there's anything that we can you know, try to make a positive out of, it's the fact that, again, if the Dodgers can just go three of 10, with runners in scoring position on Wednesday, they should win. They'll likely win the game. If they get three hits, three hits with runners in scoring position, the Dodgers will win the game. The issue is that's a tall task. That is a big ask, Josh. So I don't know. I have hope, I'm making I have my faith. prediction right now, Blake. I'm making okay. my prediction, and I'm going to go exactly on that line that you just said. If the Dodgers get three hits with runners in scoring position, they will win the game. That's all yes. I'm going to say. That's in reality, you got to hit want, it. You want my, my again? This is a post game two, just gut wrenching loss for the Dodgers. My honest prediction is I feel like it's going to be very similar to the game where they got eliminated by the Padres last year, where they have the lead. You're waiting for them to kind of collapse, and then it happens. That's what I think is going to happen. I think they're going to do some things right. I think they're going to get a hit or two with runners in scoring position, just like they did against the Padres last year. And you're like, oh, this is great. But then they just don't do it again for the rest of the game until it happens. And the answer backs, answer back, and the D-backs win the series. Josh, I'm going to end this on a tweet that just stumbled across my timeline right now. The D-backs won 16 fewer regular season games than the Dodgers. The only regular season win upsets that large in a postseason series. So there's only been five of them in MLB history up to this point that have been larger than 16 games. The Dodgers occupy two of those five. This year, last, last year against year. the last year against the Padres, they were 22 games better. In 2021, they were 18 games better than the Braves when they were bounced in the NLCS. So if the Dodgers get eliminated, Josh, three of the six biggest upsets in MLB postseason history will have come by the Dodgers in three consecutive seasons. Yeah. So. And it's going to be the same (laughs) problems every time. (laughs) And like you said, Josh, next year, they're just going to reel us back in. Dodgers are going to win a hundred games. They're going to win game three. They're going to score eight runs in game three. And then we're going to be like, they're back. Would you like to take a guess, Josh, as to when the last time the Dodgers scored more than five runs in a postseason game was? Uh, wouldn't it have been 2021 against the Giants? 2021, but it was that game against the Braves when like A.J. Pollock went nuclear and I think hit three home runs and they scored like oh, 10, and, uh, 11 did, runs. Didn't Bellinger hit a bomb to like tie it? Probably at some point. I was at that game. I couldn't remember much. I know Evan Phillips had a couple innings early in the game, but A.J. Pollock, three homers. That, I think that was what, game, I want to say that was game five of the NLCS. So that's Mm. the last time the Dodgers have scored more than five. I'm not asking them to score 10, Josh, but more than five runs in a game. (laughs) I think now, too, what, the Dodgers were 1-3 last year. They're 0-2 this year. They're now 1-4. 
one in six in their last seven postseason. In their games. last seven postseason games are one and six. Like what the hell, man? What the hell? But hey, that one game, Josh, that they won. Actually, no, I was going to say I wasn't there because I'm not including that one. Scratch that. I'm not a good luck charm. That's that. No. Josh, final words. Final. You are absolutely uh, a bad luck charm. Yeah, I have a bad luck charm. We're all bad luck charms. Josh, I'll let you wrap this up. Any final words, takeaways that you want to throw out there before a potentially? Uh, is this our pen? What is it? The pen ultimate episode is what they say. Like in when there's like series finales, it's like the episode before the series finale. Is that what it's called? Is our pen ultimate episode? I think I it is. Know. That sounds right. Pen ultimate. I'm Googling it. I feel like take it away, Josh, here. while I Google it. I probably okay, am. Go ahead. Um, th- three innings from Lance Lynn is all I'm asking for at this point. Give them three innings and just, just, just get on base. When there's a runner in scoring position, if there's a runner on third with two outs, walk. I don't, I don't care at this point. Just g- keep the line moving because the Dodgers now two years, almost three years in a row, they have shown that they cannot do that. So yeah. Look, this team, I know I said that I was dejected earlier, and I absolutely am watching this team right now. Just a disgusting display. But we all know what they're capable of. They are more than yeah. capable. Like, like, And this isn't even a slight on the D-backs. This Dodgers team is more than capable of absolutely routing these dudes three straight games. They are more yeah. than capable of doing that. And I... I just want to see some entertaining games these next few, because these first two games have been so painful to watch. They've brought they really up have the been. worst of those feelings from last year. Uh, you know, uh, you know, I just want some entertaining games here and they're more than capable of doing that. So if you're a positive thinker out there, clearly Blake and I aren't, but if you're a positive thinker, no. good for you. <laughs> We're proud of you. Make yeah. co- comment on our Twitter and tell us to believe, I don't know. Um, but yeah, if you're a positive thinker, good for you. And there are reasons to keep thinking positively, but it's got to change. Everything we saw from these first two games, minus the bullpen in game two has to change. And we said that last year and it didn't. So let's see what we get in game three with the Dodgers season on the line at chase field in Arizona. I can confirm it is penultimate. So I'm proud of you. Potentially our penultimate episode. Wow. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Josh, (laughs) Again, I know we keep like going off, but it's like last last or what two nights ago that game we never stood a chance. Even tonight, it's like I think Corbin Carroll walked lead off the game, and then before you knew it, the D backs had the bases loaded with no outs. It's like has there been any point in this series aside from like pitch one of game one in which Dodgers fans are like, all right, we're in this? Because outside of that first pitch in game one, and I guess maybe like the first two or three pitches tonight, there's been nothing. There's been no hope. Yeah. There's been no. no reason to be excited. At least no. the Padres series, those games were kind of back and forth. The Dodgers were hanging around a little. This has been probably one of the worst two-game stretches I've ever seen. And yeah, yeah. Josh, uh, we're on the verge. But hey, like you said, prove us wrong. Prove us wrong. wrong. Lan- Josh, okay. I'll, Lance, before I- do it to him. Josh, there's two outcomes here. Lance Lynn either goes out there and does what everyone's expecting, and he gives you like two and two-thirds. He allows six runs on five home runs. Or the dude is going to go seven innings, allow one run. The dude is going to cuss out every D-backs player personally. He's going to get fired up. He's going to go into the stands and like pound a beer with Dodgers fans. It's one of those two. There's no in between. Hopefully we get the second. But it all the season comes down to Lance Lynn, just like we all expected. Lance Lynn versus Baxter the Bobcat. Oh, God. Yeah, that video might have to resurface if... uh. 
if things go poorly. But hey, if the Dodgers the, the, come back and win this series, let me tell you this. Baxter, whatever his Twitter account is, is not going to hear the end of it. Nope, it won't. <laughs> it won't. So uh, that wraps it up for this episode. Didn't think we'd go this long, but this team pisses us off. It pisses off a lot of people, but I need to go hey, for again, a walk. Yeah, I need to do something. I need to get my blood pressure back to where it's supposed to be. But Josh, again, the series isn't over. The Dodgers just have to win three games in a row. That's more than doable. If the offense does a couple hits, they're going to be right back in it. So keep the faith, keep believing, and uh, we'll see what happens Wednesday night. But as always, you guys can find the show on whatever social media app you guys use. We're on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Inside the Ravine. You guys can also watch us react to the uh, the episodes on YouTube if that's kind of your thing. You can really see the passion and the anger if you want to go over to YouTube and check that out. But yes, yeah, stay tuned. Again, uh, there will probably be an episode following the conclusion of uh, Wednesday's game, whether it's good or it's bad. We'll be here. We'll be talking about it. But for Josh Schaefer, this has been Blake Harris. Thank you guys so much for listening. We do appreciate it. Sorry that we have to uh, talk about the bad things in life, like Dodgers baseball. But hey, maybe Wednesday will deliver a good thing in life, like a Dodgers postseason win. So stay tuned for that episode. Again, find us on social media and try. We, we ask that you try to enjoy the rest of your week, wherever you may be.